Hey, this is Nathan James from Inglorious, and you are listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to another edition of Focus on Metal. Holy crap, we are like almost through the month of April and streaming right towards May. I can't believe how fast the year is going. And of course, the metal goodness continues unabated right here on Focus on Metal. Of course, last week we had on Mike Howe. If you haven't uh, checked that one out, make sure you do. Either head up to focusonmetal.net or over onto iTunes. Hear what uh, Mike has to say about coming back into the music business, rejoining Metal Church, and putting out an insanely great album with the uh, Metal Church release 11. Brought to you by our friends at Rat Pack Records. And of course, also last week, we had on Brian Blake from Eternal Voyager. So yes, they are making some great power metal out in the Midwest. And of course, we have a very busy show once again for you this week. We will kick it off with a talk that Richie and I had with Nathan James, the uh, great voice behind the band Inglorious. And also on this week, we will have Heather Michelle, the vocalist from Helion Prime. So a very, very busy show for this week. But before we dive into that, I, I just want to remind you that uh, our buddy Bob Nelbandian will be putting out the next part of his L.A. Metal Trilogy. It's available right now for pre-order up on Amazon.com. What I'm talking about is Inside Metal L.A. Metal Scene Explodes Volume 1. It's the first half of a two-DVD set that encompasses a three-set trilogy all about the L.A. metal scene. And the uh, earlier ones kicked off talking about the late 70s and into the early 80s. And now this one here continues on with a lot of the L.A. metal scene that a lot of people know about. And the third part of that series, of course, is all about thrash in L.A. But again, this one here, the uh, Inside Metal, L.A. Metal Scene Explodes Volume 1 is going to... uh, come out on uh, right now june 10th so be looking for that one and like i said go up to amazon.com and check out all the great guests that are expected to be on the dvd and while you're there why don't you just go ahead and place your pre-order and with that it's time for track of the week So, track of the week this week is a returning band. I am talking about a local act, at least local to me. The name of the band is called Versa Minor, and that is V-E-R-S-A-M-Y-N-O-R. And you can find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash Versa Minor. You can also find them on Bandcamp, versaminor.bandcamp.com, and also on Reverb Nation, reverbnation.com slash Versa Minor. And uh, like I said, local band, uh, guys live all about the area here in uh, in the Boston area. They play out a lot around town, and they're always producing new music. And I guess one of the cool things is is that uh, lead guitarist Bryson is always feeding me new stuff hot off the presses, trying to get some opinion about how things are going and uh, letting the Focus on Metal listeners hear things first. So I got a treat for you this week. Hot off the presses with Versa Minor. This is a track they're thinking about including on their brand new EP they're working on right now. 
And they decided they wanted to share it with the Focus on Metal audience first. So this is a, an early mix of a song called Prince. I'm going to play that for you right now. And like I said, you want to get a hold of these guys, facebook.com slash Versa Minor or up on Bandcamp or on Reverb Nation. So, uh, again, my uh, my local buddies here, Versa Minor, special treat for you, a pre-release sneak preview of a song off of their new EP. This is Prince.
There you go. Track of the week with Versa Minor. As you can tell, those guys take all kinds of elements. They take metal. They take pop. They take jazz, fusion, everything. Throw it in the pot and see what comes out. Always something new coming out from those guys. And uh, like I said, Bryson hit me up, said, hey, would you mind letting this one out and let uh, people hear it and see what they think about it? So our first guest this week is Nathan James, the amazing voice behind the UK band Inglorious just put out their self-titled release on Frontiers Records, and you can find these guys online at inglorious.com. Of course, if you were on Twitter, you can get them at uh, twitter.com slash weareinglorious. And I will say that they do tweet quite a lot. You can hook up directly with Nathan James, the singer, at uh, twitter.com slash thenathanjames. And again, Definitely tweet a lot. Nathan, especially, he's always on there doing stuff. But anyways, you know, what really got Richie and I psyched about this band is it just it throws back to a lot of the elements that a lot of just classic metal was born out of. And it's, like I said, great vocals, got the Hammond going, incredible guitar work, really nice rhythm section going. And it's amazing that a band like this today sounds so much like they were a band from like 1978. And some of you, of course, might recognize Nathan James' name from TSO. He's done some stints with them as well. So uh, one of the uh, songs, in fact, on the album was uh, penned in cooperation with Joel Hoekstra while they were on tour with TSO, and Nathan talks about that in the interview as well. But uh, yeah, uh, a few weeks ago, Richie and I uh, called up well, it was uh, early evening here. It was quite late for Nathan. He had just gotten home from the pub, uh, had a bit of wine in him, so always lends to a great interview. And uh, We had a great time talking to him, had a lot to say, had a lot of insight, really cool guy. And again, this band, I'm, I'm hoping to hear more from them. They aren't, you know, they aren't our usual thing here on Focus on Metal of, of you know, crushing metal or, or, you know, really fast or speed stuff. It's just Really, really good music, and that's part of Focus on Metal as well, right? Is also to be a little bit more rounded with what we're bringing you. But this band, it they definitely they can rock when they need to rock. They can lay back and groove when they need to groove. But a lot of talent here, and again, an incredible set of pipes on Nathan James. And I'm sure that when you hear some of these songs that we play some samples of on the show tonight, again, you'll you'll hear a lot of other incredible rock and metal singers in his voice as well. So this dude is the real deal. And again, like I said, we hope that we're going to hear more from Nathan James and Inglorious. So uh, with all that said, why don't we hear from the man himself again, interview that Richie and I did with Nathan James just a few weeks ago. So you're, you're obviously, I was going to ask you where you are, but it came up on Skype, you're in London. Yes, well, not quite. I live just outside London, but yeah. Okay, so while well, you're four hours ahead, so it's 11 o'clock there. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're getting I've had a few glasses of wine, sorry. I was just, I was just <laughs> going to say, did we get you on the way home from the pub? <laughs> yes, it's a Friday night, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know how we do I do. Good to finally get you on the line. Uh, Richie and I have certainly been enjoying the hell out of the album. As soon as we both heard it, we, Richie was like, oh, crap, we got to get somebody from this band on the show. It's great to have you on because also when Richie listened to it, he was like, can you believe that guy's voice? And uh, so if anybody we wanted to get on, it was definitely you. All right. Then we had a little bit of a Skype and cell phone kind of an issue. But hang on, because uh, Nathan will be back in uh, just uh, three, two one. Can you hear me? I, yeah, we can now, yeah. Can now. Much better. Sorry, I had to change from Wi-Fi to 4G. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> no problem. Okay. So, yeah, thanks. 
same with Trevor Mion. I'm glad you like the album. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So uh, I got to ask you, how many times have you been been accused of being the love child of Ray Gillen, Glenn Hughes, and Doug Pinnock? Um, what, today or this week? <laughs> uh, uh, I regularly, so regularly. Um, but I, I mean, there's no bigger compliment, really, is there? So No, not at yeah. all. Well, actually, a couple of times when I was maybe like 20 years old, 21 years old, and I'd be really drunk out in London and people would I'd try and get into clubs. I used to lie and pretend I was David Coverdale's son. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked like twice. So, yeah, I used to pretend my name was Nathan Coverdale. That's a true story. <laughs> Yeah, so Nathan, I, like I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the band. So, can you tell me how the band formed? Like, were all you guys friends? Um, I actually was originally friends with another guitar player who we had in the band, and we did a tour together. And I said to him, "Listen, we need to, we need to turn this thing into a, into a kick-ass band." Um, so I got, I held nationwide auditions, and actually even auditioned people from abroad i suppose they sent in video submissions uh from new york and paris and south america and stuff um and then i yeah it took a long time that that was the longest process actually was finding the lineup of people that a you want to you want to write with and you want to make music with and people that you love and respect musically but also finding people that you weren't going to punch in the face you know <laughs> uh, so yeah it took that took the longest time out of anything in this whole process. Um, and we had an amazing A&R guy. I don't know if you're familiar with Derek Shulman. Oh, who, we know who Derek is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Derek signed signed me, really. He pretty much signed me and said, you need to front a kick-ass band. And I said, I know, but I couldn't find anyone. So we, we went about the process of finding people that were good enough to pull this off and also pull it off live because uh, that's how we recorded the album. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Nathan, can I just ask you, how, how did Derek Shulman find you? Um, he found me through my management. I signed with a manager over here who are quite an established management who actually manage Yes, and they, sadly they manage Emerson, Lake and Palmer and Uriah Heap and Asia. Um, so I signed with them like a couple of years ago, and then they introduced me to Derek, and then Derek kept flying over to London to have meetings with us about what we were going to do and the steps in getting this whole thing ready. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really odd experience, actually. It felt like, I'm guessing like the kind of thing that you may have done to Bon Jovi in the 80s. He used to say at my meetings, he used to be like, John came into his first meeting and I told him to go away and do this. And then he'd come back the next meeting and he'd done it. And and that's kind of how it worked. So yeah, he, he tested me and he saw how hungry I was to do it and saw how much I wanted to be be a rock singer you know be a mm. rock star yeah so it wasn't a case of you fooled him into thinking you were nathan coverdale and he was like oh i gotta save sign david's son <laughs> <laughs> no it, was, it wasn't like that <laughs> uh, you know we're doing a festival with them this year as well and i hope this doesn't get up before then and he's gonna receive a tweet about it or something and then he's gonna accuse me backstage i can see it all all happening now oh, no. uh, it, maybe it maybe be like oh you shouldn't do that dear boy that's that would be david and then he would walk away <laughs> maybe coverdale will say he's your father yeah. <laughs> that would be the best endorsement ever <laughs> I, I, honestly I, I think if if david listened to this he'd be going yeah all right i'm i'll, I'll pretend he's my kid yeah because i mean definitely this 
you know, this is right up what what he would do as well. I mean, you guys, you don't sound like a young band. You sound like someone had plucked this band right out of the out of the seventies with you know a little bit of the the uh, kind of the the foresight sensibilities built bolted into it. But it just it sounds just freaking amazing. Thank you very much. That's I think that's a lot to do with probably my inspirations. Uh, as, as a singer, I love all the singers that you mentioned earlier and that's that's the music i like i love paul rogers you know i love mm. i love guys that have soul i love soulful male singers and um that's what all those guys are and therefore the the blues riffs lend themselves so nicely to that and yeah that's kind of how we did it and also the way that we recorded because we tracked the album live mm. it maintains a very 70s feel it's not overproduced you know there's no auto tune there's no there's no fixing that genuinely is what we sound like in a room with mics in yeah. apart from me, apart from me, obviously I was sat in a control room shouting at everyone, but after them, yeah, that's, it's very, it's very much a live recording. Yeah. Now had, had you guys done a lot of shows before you actually went in and, and made the record? No, no shows. <laughs> done, we've done. Let me think. One show. Wow. <laughs> we did one show. Uh, Maybe not even. No, with the lineup, no, we didn't do any shows. Wow. Um, so we just spent two weeks in a studio rehearsing, uh, then went into the studio, which was actually my manager's studio in Milton Keynes in the UK, which is about five minute drive from Marshall's headquarters, which was very handy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tracked the album. They, the boys did 22 songs in four days. That's that's damn good right there. Twenty two songs in yeah. four days. <laughs> yeah, so it was really it was really quick, and we slept there. It was residential, so lots of wine, and <laughs> it was in the middle of the country and on a big country estate. It was just wonderful. It's a really nice experience. Yeah, um, and yeah, the whole album took, including my vocals, I think it was probably seven eight days tops. Wow. Yeah, so it was it was really quick, but that's to do with preparation, you know. And we produced it ourselves, so we didn't have some guy telling us to change things or try this. Or we just, when we got a good take, we moved on.
things I want to ask you about, Nathan, is like the album came out on Frontiers. Now, there's a lot of albums come out on Frontiers where some of the bands are manufactured or they have their hands in, in they're very hands-on on how they want it to sound. But yeah, your album, you said you produced it yourselves, you wrote more, nearly all the tracks yourselves. And that's kind of unusual for Frontiers. They obviously left you guys alone to make it. Yeah, and we also, we did it before we signed. which was excellent we recorded the album before we signed the contract um which was a really really cool thing so so we literally when we signed the contract we went here's the album that you've just paid for which you've never heard um so they they weren't really allowed to say anything about it um which was which was great but they love the album and they've been so supportive and they've been really pushing it and yeah it's got a great reaction so far from the from the public so i think yeah, I think they were right. Their intuition is right, you know? The yeah. Italians what they're doing. I trust the Italians. <laughs> yeah, I want to ask you, um, there's one track co-written with Joel Hoekstra we had on the show. How did that come about? Um, I was in the Trans-Siberian Orchestra with Joel. Ah. Um, and we wrote that song in a in a Hilton in Omaha, Nebraska, about two years ago. Uh, well, um, that's about the only thing there is to do in Omaha, Nebraska. So uh, <laughs> good, good, good use of time out there. Yeah, it's. I liked it though. I liked it over here. They, they had good steak. Ah, there you go. That's true. They are known for for their uh, beef. Yep. Uh, yeah, beef and yeah. Well, I'm never. I get tattoos there. That's the only place I get tattooed in America. My tattoo artist lives in Omaha. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has Has Joel heard the song? Uh, yeah, Joel's heard the song. Joel likes the song. Um, hopefully, we work with Joel again. Are you, um, you, you going to see? You going to see him this summer if you're on the Velvet White Snake? Yeah, we are. We're opening the main stage at a big festival here in the UK called Rambling Man um, with Whitesnake, Thin Lizzy, Sebastian Bach, and Europe, and then Ursa on the main stage on the first day. So Nice. And uh, it's very cool you mentioned Paul Rogers, too, because that's, you know, when I was fronting bands, that was, you know, people would say, well, you know, what singing do you want to really emulate? And I would, I would always say Paul Rogers, and partly it was because my vocal range is more like his vocal range, but also, like you said, it just... Everything he did just was like really, really just this soulful, grinding lyric and, and feel and all that. And and although I hadn't really heard that listening to, to your stuff, because I was so intent on the, oh, that sounds, that's kind of like, that's very Glenn-like. Or, ooh, that's like, whoa, that's Doug Pinnock and, and kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but now that, you know, I rewind it back in my mind again, I can I can see the Paul Rogers influence as well. Yeah, I, I just, on this first album... My focus as a singer and a writer, because also this is this is my writing debut. Mm. Um, unaware track eleven is the first ever song I've ever written, um, mm. so that was a, a very new experience to me. But the one thing I wanted to do was show people every note in my octave in my range. You know, I wanted to show them all my octaves. I wanted people to go. I like that part of his voice because it's this. I like that part of his voice. And oh my God, he can do the big screamy thing. And I wanted to show people that it is possible to to do it all. That people have got so used to singers that don't, you know, Mm. that don't take risks and aren't pushing boundaries and aren't trying to do anything interesting. And I'm not about that. I want all the singers that inspired me, especially people like Ray Gillen, like just insane human like insane <laughs> mm. singing it's like an olympic sport it's so 
it's so fun to do and it's so t- it's so challenging and that's what i get off on that's what i like yeah now nathan are you someone obviously who's been professionally coached as a singer yeah yeah okay yeah i've um been having lessons i was in a professional boys choir when i was like 12 <laughs> um, and i was a chorister and then after the voice broke which was a very scary year of my life um I then started having singing lessons, and to this day, I see the same singing teacher. It is interesting you talk about being trained because, yeah, some of the songs, especially where you were, you were getting more into the more of the drive and and the the uh, kind of the upper end with the scream and stuff. And at first, I'm listening, I'm thinking he's going to blow his voice out. That's that's got to all be coming to his from his throat. And then the more I'm listening to it, I'm like it's just it's too even to be coming from his from his throat. This guy's <laughs> got to be trained because you can tell. Usually, you know, people are doing it right from their throat. You can just hear the timber change in there. But I'm like, damn it, it's not changing. He's doing that from his gut. It's like, wow, just amazing stuff. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, you have to look after it. You have to respect your instrument. And I've been lucky enough to have toured so much uh, with Transiberian Orchestra and Uli John Roth and mm. the other people that I've worked with that I know what to do. I know how to look after it and I know not to take it for advantage, you know? So one, one of the things, Nathan, I want to ask you about is you obviously want to be part of a band. Like, this is a band-named album. Um, you probably could have gone out and put it under your own name, but it's obviously very important for you to be in a band. All my heroes are in bands. I wanted to be... I had a realization. I actually recorded a solo album before this um, with some amazing session musicians. On I had Mickey Moody from White Snake and mm. Gus G did a solo on it. Um, and when it was done, I just listened and I was like, "I need a, I need a band. This is, I have to be in a band." All my heroes, Coverdale, Hughes, all these guys fronted great bands. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I wanted to do. I'd rather be. Robert Plant than be Meatloaf, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, I mean, who wouldn't want to be uh, Robert Plant instead of Meatloaf, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's... um And, like, this, stylistically, you know, has this really always been where you want to go? You want to have that B3? You want to have those big guitars? Is that, like, really kind of, with no pun intended, yeah. but really your heart and soul? Yeah, it is. I love... all the All the 70s stuff is really where I'm happiest you know the 80s for me there's some great moments but the 70s when those people from the 80s were inspired is definitely what I love more so yeah the sound of the sound of a Hammond and the twin guitars and stuff they just it just makes me happy it's what it's when people sung properly. I did like that uh, the fact that you started the album off with the Hammond too. You know, that comes on. I'm like, ooh, what do we have here? But the fact that you know you announced it, you 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 allowed the people to know, hey, we got we got some good Hammond going on in here. But then it wasn't overplayed through all the songs. It was really tucked in there really nicely. Where I think someone who was kind of you know trying to prove something, they might have had Hammond like stomp, stomping all over the place. But uh, yeah. I like the way you handled the, the organ in relation to everything else. Thank you very much. And that's, yeah, the Hammond's kind of there because how we recorded, you know, we're a, we're a live band. Mm. It kind of just fills it out. Without the Hammond there, orderly, you would have, there would have been a bit more space. And because we weren't doubling guitars and doubling vocals and, etc we need we needed everything there we needed it to feel live and 
there is something magical about that sound, isn't there? Yeah, there is definitely, and and that was a thing too. It was so cool a lot of times with with John Lord is that, you know, people just didn't realize that he was the guy behind Richie beefing everything up because he just was so nicely tucked in there, and and that's kind of what I thought of when I was listening to yours too was that. Wow, he just, he's doing it the same kind of way, and, and it's just a great way to take advantage of the Hammond and everything it can do. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. gotta say nathan the track i love on the album is uh, wake the second last song um, oh thank you yeah that's my least favorite one is it i'm not shit yeah. yet. <laughs> how funny yeah i, I just we, lo- i didn't want it on there that's the one song that frontiers they uh, insisted on having on the album wow uh, yeah i originally wanted it to just be a 10 track album okay oh Serafino guy he's a pain in the butt he's like uh, he always wants something (laughs) (laughs) it was the right choice you know there's been lots of ladies that have been requesting it at the shows so Uh. Uh, he knows what he's doing yeah (laughs) Yeah, I I, usually does um, I loved uh, I loved the way you actually end the song with the piano yeah oh with the piano intro into the next song yeah yeah yeah. I like to again you've got to take people on a journey you've got I like people feeling everything when they listen to an album you know there's there's also a thing that we're going to start doing live this summer um a song that i think will make people feel a little bit uncomfortable you know it's very yeah i like i like challenging people's emotions people aren't dumb you know mm. it's just we've got used to being dumb because music's been dumb for a while so <laughs> i want to try and challenge people's ears a bit you know and make people feel things that 
they haven't felt in a while and mm. pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to do that. Yeah. I mean, definitely it was cool, though, that even though I really didn't like Wake, I love the fact that, that in the way you guys sequenced it, that you put that, the last song that you did, it really has this kind of frenetic feel, and it, it just, I don't know what it has. It has, like, this inherent energy, and maybe a lot of it is the way that you you express the vocals on there, but it just, it's a real high-energy way to end the album, and instantly you're like... I'll have some more of that, please, and you just go right back to the beginning again. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I, I haven't actually listened to the album since <laughs> we handed it in, mm. which is very strange because that's probably, God, nearly eight months ago now. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> I, I just can't. I've sung it so much. We've been gigging it quite a lot. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. Maybe tomorrow I might go and have a listen, sit down, and, and take myself through it, but... Yeah, I'm very proud of it. And when people say amazing things about it, it does make you... It's a feeling I've never had before. I've only ever been an interpreter um, of people's words and people's people's music. So for me to start singing my own stuff, my own lyrics that I wrote with the band, is just... It's it's really wonderful. It's yeah. a wonderful feeling. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of... To me, I, I, like, I would record a CD and I'm, I, I might listen to it once and I'd be like, oh... That's that's freaking horrible. And then I wouldn't want to listen to it again. But if I had an album that was this good, I'd be like, yeah, listening to it again. I, like every day, I want to. <laughs> I wouldn't want to listen to it. And and I know usually you know everyone's their harshest critic, but uh, just you know just amazing stuff. Having you know started listening to music in the seventies and stuff, and missing bands that could do this so incredibly effectively, and not have it be like a a posturing thing or someone's told them to be like this. Cause sometimes you have bands like that where they just think, well, we're just going to, we're going to do this style, but you can tell when somebody knows what they're doing in there. And uh, definitely this stuff comes across as just absolutely genuine. And I really think that it's really makes the music that much better. Thank you very much, man. That's what we are. This is what we're all about. We're not, we're not when there's nothing fake about us, we wear our heart on our sleeve and that's how we sound. Also, if you come to a show, you won't be disappointed. If you like the album, we're going to sound exactly like that live. Because right. <laughs> right. that's what it's all about. You want to give people a good live show. Mm-hmm. I've been so disappointed in recent years uh, going to shows and just not it not sounding the same. People not being able to pull off what they do in the studio. Um, and that's a shame. Yeah, Technology has been great for some things, but it's made a lot of people lazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... So I'm not, yeah, we're not going to, we're not about that. Yeah. I am curious, Nathan, you obviously said you've done some shows. Um, you have, do you throw some covers in there? Yes. And can you tell us which ones you do? Yeah. Uh, this last tour, we did a tour with the winery dogs around Europe. Ah. Um, and we, we did, I surrender by rainbow. There we go. And we did lay down, stay down by deep purple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we also did Girl Goodbye by Toto. <laughs> uh, well, you did say you want to challenge the audience. Yeah. So we <laughs> wanted, to th- wanted to throw a bit of a curveball in there. And um, it went down really well every night. It's nice because everyone in the band can sing. And Colin, uh, the bass player, <clears throat> even fronted a band that was signed to Mick Fleetwood's label when he was like 19. Wow. So everyone in the band is a singer. So we've got good harmonies, uh, which you can hear on a couple of songs like Holy Water on the album. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's also 
there's a lot of growth within it. So maybe the next album, there might be some more songs with some rich harmonies on, but it's nice to show off live, you know? And there's every time we hit that chord in Girl Goodbye together, I can't stop grinning. <laughs> it's just, it's an amazing feeling to be in, in yeah, a chord did, like that vocally. Did you get a chance to hang out with the guys in the winery dogs at all? Uh, yes, they were lovely. Yeah. Wonderful guys. They are, Mike and uh, Billy would watch our sound check pretty much every day. They would, they would come out into the venue and sit in the venue and watch our sound check and were really enjoying it. They'd stand side stage while we were playing. They said some really wonderful things about us. They said how much they enjoyed having us on tour because sometimes they get bands that they, they don't really know why they're there on the tour, but it was, they said it was a real pleasure to have some guys on that could play and could sing. And haven't talked to Richie before on the show. I could see why he'd want to really check you guys out constantly because uh, I'm sure he got a great vibe off of what you were doing. Yeah. He's, again he's a, he's a white guy with loads of soul you know mm-hmm. That's what it's, these are the singers i like and what a guitar player goodness oh, yeah. watching watching those guys every night for a month was like an intensive course yeah did they, did they do shy boy at all because when i saw him they did david lee Roth shy boy as a three-piece and i was like no, which all was on the floor no they didn't oh. that would have been <laughs> I think I'm going to. I'm, I, they just got announced today for Sweden Rock Festival, and I'm go, I go every year, um, just to celebrate and have a nice time and have a few drinks with some friends. Um, they just got announced today, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing them in front of like what twenty thousand people or something. That's going to be a that's going to be good fun. Nice, nice, nice. I'll tell you one song that I really liked on there because of the wordplay you put in the lyrics was "Girl Got a Gun."
I just really enjoy listening to the lyrics on that one. It's just they're just very clever. Thank you very much. It's about uh, a very very dear friend of mine who is actually in the Transylvania Orchestra. Hmm. Uh, who's my best friend. I credit her in the album. I thank her. Um, she's just she's a she's a badass. Mm-hmm. She's the kind of girl that man or woman. I've been out on nights with her in all over America, Texas, and got absolutely everywhere. And she's not scared of anything. And I find it so awesome. <laughs> I find <laughs> girls like that just to be so cool. She's, if she, yeah, if a guy that was six three picked a fight with her, she'd take him down. <laughs> you know, like she, she's just a complete badass. And that song's entirely about her. Nice. And and I'm, I'm glad you said that because I'm listening to it and I'm thinking. This has got to be about somebody. Like you don't just come up with this unless you're really feeling these <laughs> lyrics. And uh, and so yeah, it's that is. I just I just really like the the words you you did for that song. Thank you very much. I'll ask you the question that's always the hardest question for singers. I always find it's the hardest for singers, and for some reason it's the easiest for drummers. And that's the uh, as of as of right now. And since you haven't listened to it for a while, it's probably even better. What uh, what stands out for you as your favorite track on the album? favorite track on the album uh holy water holy water nice nice that is a great track i love the i just love the feel of that one it just it makes you just want to move just do something it's it's just got that great groove to it yeah i loved i loved recording that and we that's one of the only songs on the album that we wrote I think we wrote that in about 40 minutes. Uh, It's one of the last songs. um, And we wrote it in its entirety and then recorded it the next day. So, yeah, it was a really, yeah, really special song. Nice. nice. Yeah, you've had some big names come out in support of you guys. Brian May is one of them, I believe. Yeah, he said uh, some lovely, he sent me an email, which is insane. I didn't even know Brian May sent emails. That's just, why would he need to? He's Brian May. (laughs) he does anything but he apparently does he's absolutely wonderful he sent a really nice message and after we met him at the classic rock awards uh i've met him a few times actually and he's always been a complete gentleman um so yeah and also the bass player from queen now a guy called neil fairclough co-wrote inglorious our album so yeah so of course everything today is about social media, right? I mean, where would we be without social media? So um, in that regard, uh, where is it that people can reach out to to you or to the band on social media? Uh, on Twitter at We Are Inglorious, and then Instagram if you want to see pictures of us, and then Facebook Inglorious. Uh, we're the only one with a blue tick, I think, called Inglorious, and then yeah. And all of us have got individual Twitters. Mine's the Nathan James. We're very active. It's probably annoying, actually, to some people, but um, but you have to be. Yep. You know. Yeah. You have yeah. to be. Awesome. And we like it. Yeah. We get we're bored. This is our full time job, you know. So yeah, Nathan, we we've have, we've we've had people on here that we've interviewed, and when we ask them that question, they can't remember any of their social media stuff. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, I know it all. I've, I've been tweeting during this interview. <laughs> and if and if I had had my phone nearby me right now and you'd said it, I would have been like, okay, I'm putting it in and, and you would have gotten a, a, a follow right from me, but it's my phone somewhere goddamn downstairs. I don't know where, but 
Um, but anyways, uh, I'll hit you up right after this. Absolutely. But it's really been great to, uh, to get a hold of you. And I was, like I said at the beginning, very psyched when Richie said that we were, we were all hooked up and going to be talking to you. And especially since it's, it's, uh, you know, like I said, we're like disturbing your, uh, your pub time here and, uh, talking to a couple idiots from Boston. We definitely appreciate it. And, uh, we are also hoping that uh, the street continues and maybe you'll continue to do it the old school way as well. And we'll get new music from you guys in another, you know, eight to 18 months and, uh, and just, you know, keep getting more inglorious in our ear holes. That's the plan, man. We nice. Don't nice. And when, when you do that, we would love to have you come back on and just continue to promote the hell out of you guys and uh, let the world know that you guys are out there and the great music that you produce. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Have a good day, mate. You yeah, too. You too, Nathan. Cheers, hey, guys. Bye. No problem. Bye. from a lot of the tracks we played during that one. A very diverse band there. A lot of talent in Inglorious, especially Nathan James on vocals. I mean, holy shit, does that guy have a voice or what? I know they are currently doing a lot of touring around the UK, so I would uh, look for them coming to your town for all of our uh, UK listeners over there. And a big thanks to Nathan James for taking a little bit of his post-pub evening away to talk to a couple of slobs from Boston. So up next is Heather Michelle from... Helian Prime. This is Heather Michelle from Grave Shadow and Helian Prime, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. So I know a whole bunch of you are wondering, who is this Helian Prime band? Well, very interesting stuff there. 
These guys have uh, kind of combined love of metal and all things science. And, of course, Jason Ashcraft from uh, Dire Apparel. We've had Dire Apparel on the show. And Heather Michelle of Grave Shadow, as you just heard. They uh, basically hooked up to do a little bit of a, of a project. Of course, Jason has always been involved in all kinds of stuff, but uh, they basically took the band name from uh, an alien planet from the film Chronicles of Riddick, and those guys were, were off and running. And so they worked on a whole bunch of songs, both music and lyrics and all this stuff, to bring their self-titled debut album, Helion Prime. And along the way, they brought in some uh, some guests they had uh, Jeremy Steinhaus and Justin Herzer of Axiom in there. And they've also used, uh, even used Nicholas Esfelt from Dream Evil on here. And a bunch of other guests as well, including a frequent focus on metal guest, one Josh Schwartz from A Sound of Thunder, and other guests too that we talk about with Heather during the interview. So let's roll my talk with Heather Michelle, vocalist of Helion Prime. The name of the band is called Helion Prime. Don't be fooled. Don't be calling it Helion Prime. It is Helion Prime. And I am actually here with one of the prime members of the band, one of the founders, Heather Michelle. How are we doing tonight, Heather? Oh, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing really good. Great album. You know, came out uh, on February 15th. And I, I got to mm-hmm. tell you, because you'll get a chuckle out of this, is that uh, so that when the PR company sent me the digital files for the album, um, mm-hmm. I I bring up the first one and it shows it's like 35 minutes long and I'm thinking, oh, it can't be 35 minutes long, <laughs> and and so I'm like, all right, it must be maybe they did something crazy because you know being the the kind of stuff you're doing, I thought maybe they did something crazy with like a uh, one side opus and then I go to the next song and it's saying something like 45 minutes long and I'm going, wait a minute, like oh, Jason's from Dire Peril, it's like the band that loves EPs, like. What did he do, like a five-CD release here? But if you let it play through, like, just by itself, it it goes to, like, you know, three minutes, and boom, the song ends normally, and it's blank. But for some reason, like, I'm just clicking all the songs going, what the hell did Jason do with this one? But uh, That is so strange. It is. It's it's really bizarre. But uh, Weird. Yeah. But anyways, despite all the MP3 weirdness, I I will say it's Uh uh, it's a pretty awesome-sounding album. Excellent. Thank you so much. That means a lot. <laughs> and uh, and I know you guys have done a lot of work with promoting it, and I really like the thing you guys did up on your website of really kind of taking people through some of the songs and giving them some stories behind it and stuff. And I don't really see a lot of bands doing that, so I thought that was really cool that you guys took the time to do that. Oh yeah, that was that was all Jason. He he really comes up with some of the the cool ideas for like the image of the band and what direction we should go in. Um, he like he showed me some videos of, uh, let's see, there's a band, uh, Holy Grail. He showed me a couple of videos of them doing that, and mm. we thought, hey, that would be really cool to do for our album. So we just went ahead and did it. Yeah, yeah. It's a really yeah. cool thing to do, especially because, you know, you obviously have a lot of stories behind all of these songs. That they're not just like mm-hmm. a song that popped in your head, but there's there's a lot of thought behind it, and there's a story behind it. So it's great that you you do that. Yeah, we try give give people some insight into what we're thinking when we when we write the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And so, guys, if you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about, definitely go to Helion Prime Metal. You'll see all that stuff um, up there. So, yeah, HelionPrimeMetal.com. Be sure to catch all of those cool things. So, you guys had a, a pretty 
cool list of guests on here too which i mean you, you had nicholas from from dream evil and mm-hmm. uh, jeff from mind maze and then of course my my good friend josh schwartz from a sound of thunder i mean a lot of people into this album how'd you get so many of these people to contribute um well once again that was all jason i mean he's he's really into the metal scene and he really likes to stay connected with everyone and his philosophy is like it never hurts to ask mm. so we didn't have a set lead guitarist, so we just he, he asked a bunch of these people that he had met online, and they they seemed happy to do it. And then uh, we were or he, he we were wanting to get you know some somebody big uh, to to do like a, a guest vocal part, and he suggested Nicholas, and I thought that would be amazing, and we had the perfect part work for him. So, and Nicholas was just so great throughout the whole thing, and. He jumped on and just totally killed the song. It really brought the whole thing together. Yeah, and I think it's also cool that, uh, you know, a lot of the people you have on here as guests, you know, they may be known in certain scenes here in the U.S. and stuff, but Dream Evil is, again, one of these great European bands that, in Europe, everybody knows who Dream Evil is, but you go here to the U.S. and Mm -hmm. most people give you a blank expression when you mention the band. So it's cool to get them some exposure. Oh, totally, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we like those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you did all the lyrics on this, and mm-hmm. was it really easy for you to, to really get into the subject matter and just go for it? Um, I, I did. Uh, the the way that we normally write is Jason, Jason he has a vision, definitely. Mm-hmm. And so he, he writes a song, and he has an idea of like what the song should be about, and he tells me about it. And then I... Like, I, I listen to the song, and I think, okay, so, you know, and, and I try to, like, think of the title that he came up with in mind, and then I, I research the subject, and um, I try to think of lyrics that would match, like, the feel of the song and the title, and, uh, yeah, oh, um, quite a bit of research went into it, and, yeah, I had a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> yeah, obviously, it, it shows in the lyrics. It's definitely songs that you... No, don't want to just sit back and have them playing in the background, but it's kind of like having, you know, 10 little mini books happening on a CD. So it's, uh, you can tell you put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the realm of science is something that interests both me and Jason. And, um, again, it was, it was kind of his idea. He already does like the site, the sci-fi thing mm-hmm. with dire peril. And right. that is super awesome. And I, I love sci-fi too. But with this, it was, um, he had the idea, like, what if we focus more on science facts? And it was initially, I think, going to be a little bit more silly of a project. Like, we wanted to, to you know, write these awesome songs, but have somebody, have people learn something. And I thought it would be a lot cheesier than it, than it turned out. But you still get that, that educational aspect. But the songs... I don't know. I, I think they sound awesome. I'm very proud of what we what we have brought together here. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you guys were doing that original concept of having maybe a little bit more humor in the air and stuff, had you already started in on the cover design? Uh, the cover design came a little bit later. Okay. And uh, Jason wanted to do a um, have, have like an old school science yeah, feel right. to it. Um, because Dire Peril was a lot more new age and, um, but he always, he always loved like the old school sci-fi art. And I think it's really cool too. Just like that classic 
you know, creature from beyond Godzilla. Wah. Yeah, um, and it, so it definitely has that of, old school, like either, you know, really old school movie poster, 50s serials mm-hmm. film kind of feel or that, you know, kind of that strange tales comic book kind of feel. Yeah, and that's what we were going for, and we think the artists really delivered on that, so we're we're super happy with it. Yeah, it's it's actually uh, it's pretty cool. I always like the Dire Apparel covers. I mean, especially the, the new one that for their their latest one is really really kick ass. But uh, oh yeah, you know, it's just uh, just so much depth and everything to it, and a lot to look at. But uh, this is also one that's that's you know really cool, and just the colorations and the and the Christmas of it and all that. It really mm-hmm. it, it does a good job of evoking you know, kind of a lot of the feel. So it's, it's very cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, although we don't have a song about dinosaur, robot dinosaurs in space yet, it definitely evokes the right feeling that we wanted to give for Helium Prime. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I was wondering if, if it had come in earlier or not, because there's more of a, um, a, a little bit less serious feel on the cover. And I didn't know if you guys had already been thinking, Oh, we'll kind of, kind of go that way a little bit but uh but no nope. i mean it, it was it was kind of early as sean but yeah. helium like the the beginnings of helium prime date back a, a really long time ago and it didn't really start to pick up until last year hmm. and so that's probably about when we started thinking about the cover art and that's when jason came up with that and so uh, i'm gonna kind of do stress my uh, my hypothesis here about different band members and, and how they act when i ask this question but um for you mm-hmm. right now, and I know it's only, you know, even though you've lived with the album in bits and pieces for for a while now, but now that it's out, what song on here do you really like go, yeah, that's kind of my favorite song right now on the album? Oh, yeah, it's that's that's definitely a hard one because they're, I, I love all of them for, for different reasons. Um, I think one of the ones that I'm the most proud of is probably... It's kind of a tie, but I'll stick with the song Apollo, The Eagle Has Landed.
Um, that was a song that um, I I actually wrote the lyrics to, like, but that was the last song I did. Mm. And it was because I was having a hard time trying to, um, to to think of lyrics and that would match the song title and the idea that Jason had for it. Mm. But um, so it was it was it was kind of difficult starting out. But as soon as I started writing the lyrics, I I think I did more research for that song than any other song on the album. I I looked up all of these different accomplishments that mankind has has accomplished within the realm of science and space travel. And I was really proud of the chorus that I ended up coming up with. There was a lot of these big bombastic choir things. And um, I really enjoyed um, the bridge that ended up happening. It, it gave a very epic feel. Um, mm. I, I, yeah, I, I think that one will, is probably, it's probably my favorite right now. All right. <laughs> So you see, so you, mm-hmm. you actually met my hypothesis because in all the time that, I, that I've done this show, I've always found that singers or at least singers that were also the primary lyricist writer have the hardest time of picking their baby out of the album. Then it's followed mm-hmm. usually by guitarists that are intently involved. And but bass players and drummers instantly like, boom, they've got their song down. They know it the minute I <laughs> ask. So. But and the other thing that's cool about about that one is that when I looked at this track listing, and I was like, okay, so they're really going to try to to bring some more of the of the of the fact into this, and I'm like, ooh, Apollo the Eagle has landed. Like mm-hmm. knowing that that's was a huge song for Saxon was, you know, how did they handle that differently? And you guys did it so differently. Now, did you even think about that song at all, making sure that you? didn't fall into anything that it, that that song is like, or did it just kind of doing it totally independently? Well, that was actually, that was also Jason. He originally wanted to just call the song The Eagle Has Landed, mm. but then he thought, oh, well, Saxon also has, you know, a song with that title. So yeah. that's when, well, we ended up changing the name to Apollo, yeah. but then, the, then I ended up within the lyrics writing The Eagle Has Landed. Yeah. And so then he decided, you know what, okay, how about we just call it Apollo, in parentheses, the eagle has landed. So that's, that's kind of how we went about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you really you can't have a metal album without having at least one title with something in parens. So you guys can check off the box on that one, too. Right on. You know, <laughs> we we met that criteria. Absolutely. And and the other thing is that having, you know, more of the power progressive sound, you also had the obligatory instrumental intro in there as well with Into the Alien Terrain. Oh yes, of course. Now that <laughs> one there, if I remember from the videos online, you had kind of a little story about the collaboration outside of the band to get that one to happen. Is that true? Yeah. Um let's see, one of Jason's good friends, his name is Austin Bentley. Um, he's the keyboardist for a band Dysphoria, and uh, we both just really enjoy the, the keyboard work that he's done for that band. And so Jason asked him, hey, would you be willing to write us an intro? And he said, think like Running Man and Blade Runner and give me what you got. And he just totally delivered. Like <laughs> the very first thing that Austin sent us sounded exactly how we wanted it. And then I think it was... Uh, one of our friends, Travis Sigler, he approached Austin and said, or I, he may have approached Jason first, I'm not sure, but he said, hey, I have this really cool quote about the Drake equation from this scientist, so, you know, would you be okay with me reciting that over over this uh, over this intro? And so 
he like I think he like spoke into his phone and Austin took it and he kind of morphed his voice and so it's it's perfect because we have this really cool sci-fi intro sounding thing and this quote by this scientist about the Drake equation and then it leads right into the song the Drake equation it just it worked out beautifully and I'm really happy with how everyone came together and created that awesome track yeah and and that's definitely one of those ones too where that's like that's headphone time you know you could just really sit back relax put your headphones on put this thing in and that just kind of leads you right into it because you also don't get the spoken word till right at the end and mm-hmm. then it kicks into that song but it's it's just this nice ramp right into it so uh, you're very well done right on thank you so um overall like how long do you think it took you guys to actually get this thing together oh um, well, two of the songs were on an EP that we released about a year ago, the Drake Equation EP. And um, let's see, it it was it was kind of scattered, honestly. I would say we got the whole thing together musically within. Ooh, I would I don't know I don't, I would say maybe eight months as far as like writing the the bulk of the material through recording it and getting it sent off and mixed and mastered, but. Mm. Um, like the first song I suppose that could be said was written as a helium prime song was probably written back in like, I don't know, 2011 or something. Like (laughs) I, I wrote something that was totally cheesy and dorky. And then Jason wrote the songs, the Drake equation and a place I thought I knew. And then we, we took that song that I originally wrote for, for us back back then and it ended up becoming into the black hole and then from there as soon as the drake equation ep was released jason just started firing these songs out and recording them and then i wrote lyrics along with them and yeah i i would say from like february to maybe maybe august or so Mm. i'm honestly not sure but probably within definitely within a year all the bulk of the writing was done Wow, yeah. I and I'm mm-hmm. glad you mentioned into the black hole. That's actually my favorite track right now. It's just and something that's my about it. <laughs> you know, it's I really like your voice on it for one. And Thank and I you. and I like the tempo on it. And those two things come together for me really well on that song. So that's like that's that's almost five minutes of just really great metal for me. Right on. I appreciate that. <laughs>
far as doing vocals, I mean, how long have you been uh, been singing? Um, well, I I've been singing like metal and rock uh, for about oh, I want to say not very long, maybe four four years, mm. maybe. Wow. Um, I mean, I've I've been singing since I you know was super little. I've always enjoyed singing, and um, I, I sang in a couple choirs throughout junior high and high school, and then I was in some choirs in um, in college, but then I didn't join my first real band until I was like 21, 22, and I'm, I'm 25 now. So, okay. um, so within that time frame is kind of when I've developed what I am now, because choir and metal are two very different vocal styles. They definitely are. <laughs> yeah. So now I get it, though, because... Definitely the the way that you you phrase and the way that I you know I hear the vocals coming out, there's a very well trained control that I can hear in them. So that explains that. I know years ago I had a uh, in one of the bands I was I was in. I actually had a female singer who also spent most of her life doing choirs and musicals, and mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's it's a it's a different vocal sound that you get from somebody like that and the different ability to what they do. So uh, that must be what it is that I hear in your voice. Right on. Yeah. And I know that having that training definitely helped with, um, with all the vocal parts that I did because mm. there were several parts in a lot of the songs where I tried to do um, at least two harmonies, if not more. Yeah. And it was, it was good to have that prior experience because, I knew, you know, okay, I, I like labeled them within the, the program, soprano, alto, center, <laughs> like all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also don't, I also don't see kind of the, the thing that, that sometimes you hear if there's somebody who isn't really well trained in it and that you have either like a correction word or, or some other kind of vocal gesture that they do to, to change from one range to another. But I, I'm pretty sure that with you, you're able to just, you don't have to do any of those little tricks. You, you know, how to breathe, how to pace yourself, and be able to change and, and go into different ranges without having to do any of that. Oh, well, thank you. That's that's a huge compliment. It's it's something that I I do try to work very hard at, like having a very consistent vocal style. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Know, you. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate listening to it. So, you know, listen right to it, you know, I look at it from a, you know, from a musician perspective, and then I listen to it from a producer perspective and, and, mm-hmm. and hopefully if I haven't ruined it for myself by then, then after that, mm-hmm. it's just pure metal fan. And, and uh, so, nice. but all these, I, it, they definitely, they, they tap into all three of those people very nicely. So that's, uh, uh, you guys are definitely doing some good stuff, you know, and I was excited to hear about the project because obviously I've been a uh, fan of Dire Peril and all the other mm-hmm. stuff that Jason's been doing. And uh, so knowing that you guys were doing this and it sounded like it was going to be a pretty cool thing. So, you know, everything that you guys had put out, you know, teasers and all that. It's nice to see it all come true with the self-titled one finally coming out. Oh yeah, we're really happy that it's finally out. We've we've felt that this is that we have a good thing going, and we've been really really looking forward to sharing with everyone. So we just hope that everyone likes it as much as we do. Yeah, I know you guys are always busy with a lot of other things in here, but uh, are you going to thinking about doing any kind of uh, any kind of touring, even just like on the West Coast or anything? Well, nothing is set in stone right now. Um, we we would definitely like to tour. Mm. Um, it's something that we've kind of thrown ideas around of, you know, can we do it this year or maybe next year? So uh, we'll definitely have more of an idea about that. It's something that we're starting to talk about. So 
we're going to start solidifying some plans and then get the word out there. Hey, we're coming to your town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys, I, I would love to see you guys actually tour with the sound of thunder. And I could just, oh, you and Nina doing so a cool. duet would sound really cool because vocally you are so different. It would just be such an offset and sound awesome. Oh my goodness. She is so incredible. I, Honestly, I would be a little uh, nervous to do a duet with her because <laughs> she's another female vocalist, and she is phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, she's incredible. Yeah, so, she's definitely a, I mean, you know, one of my top. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just think you guys would go together really well because, right you know, on. they have very conceptual songs and all of that, and it's, it's very visual. You guys are definitely a, a band that musically and, and, and lyrically also are very visual, and I just think that mm-hmm. that just a great combination. And I also think that their fan base is a, is a very accepting fan base because they're, mm-hmm. they have a pretty broad range of what they do. And I think that, you know, their fan base listening to you guys would be like, wow, we like these guys too. Right on. I mean, yeah, I would hope so. Cause yeah. I know that I definitely like a sound of thunder. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. As far as people that, uh, that want to find out about you guys, follow you online besides uh helium prime What's the best place to, to get a hold of you guys or, you know, maybe ex- exchange uh, kudos or whatever? Well, we do try to have a pretty strong Facebook presence. I think that Facebook is probably the easiest way to get in contact with us and to see what we're doing next and what exciting things are happening. Um, and then we always have our stuff up on Bandcamp. That's um, where you can purchase the album if you would like to. And let's see... We're trying to get more stuff up on YouTube, but I think I think those are our big ones, like our website, Facebook, Bandcamp, and and YouTube. Right, and and mm-hmm. of course at Bandcamp, beyond getting the actual physical album, you can also get your Helion Prime T-shirts, and uh, even your because you guys are a metal band, you can get your Helion Prime patch. So a few other oh, yeah. merch things up there, which is very nice. Totally. Bandcamp is pretty awesome for that. <laughs> yeah, it is. Absolutely. Well, I definitely appreciate you uh, spending a little bit of uh, of a... Uh, God, I can't remember what day it is. This is the kind of week I've had. A, and, and, I think it's Wednesday. <laughs> it is Wednesday. I, all we, all day I've been like going, I'm like going, let it be Thursday. Yet I know like I have to post my show on Wednesday, so I should just have known that two hours ago, I knew definitely it was Wednesday, but that's my day. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> um, I really appreciate you taking... Uh, a little bit of your Wednesday night away to, to talk to Focus on Metal. And uh, even yeah. though it wasn't the uh, the planned Mr. Jason himself, I was more uh-huh. than happy to be able to talk to you. Well, right on. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure getting to talk to you. Awesome. And, of course, you guys are welcome anytime to come back on the show. You know, let us know what else you're doing. I'd love to let everybody of our audience just keep tabs on what Helion Prime is, is doing and think of us as just another extension of your uh, your promo capabilities. Right on. That is very nice of you to say. And, yeah, we'll hit you up, definitely. Awesome. All right, Heather. We'll All have right. a great rest of the night. I'm going to go back and listen to a little bit more Helion Prime. All right. Thank All you right. very much. Have a good night. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.
ending that one off with another track off of the self-titled release from Helion Prime. That one is called You Keep What You Kill. So again, big thanks to both of our guests this week, Nathan James from Inglorious, as well as Heather Michelle from Helion Prime. And it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyways. Make sure you support those artists by going out and picking up both self-titled releases from Inglorious and Helion Prime. And for those of you over in Europe or the UK, of course, as I mentioned, you can catch Inglorious live. They will be in Milan, Italy on April 24th doing the Frontiers Rock Festival. Heading over to Stockholm, Sweden, May 7th for Stockholm Rocks. Then they'll be back in the UK in June doing a whole bunch of dates, kicking it off June 2nd at the Rescue Rooms in Nottingham. But they will just be cranking through tour dates right through June. And then, of course, they got Ramblin' Man and Wayfest and then uh, another festival in France in September. So a boatload of opportunities for you guys in the UK to catch Inglorious live and in person. And speaking about supporting artists, remember that a few months back we had Carmine Apathy on the show and he did mention about getting his autobiography together finally and i'm happy to say that he has in fact done this his uh, autobiography stick this is out available right now you can go up to amazon.com and get that one for yourself as well as right off of his website that is at carmineapathy.net and yes i am 100 percent absolutely sure the book is out why because i have got one already so that will do it for this week the plan right now as long as we stick to it is i'm going to have on next week flo lorin from sinbreed had flo back when they put out their last release and they put out just recently their brand new one called master creator and flo and i sat down to talk about that And if all goes to plan, that's what I'll be bringing to you right here next week. As well as turning you on to another brand new band called Sorizon. And let's just go through the usual pleasantries here. You can always keep up with us at focusonmetal.net, focusonmetal.blogspot.com. You can talk to Richie on Facebook. Talk to me on Twitter. And if you're really feeling super communicative, you could always shoot us an email. You can go to the main mailbox at focusonmetal.net. That is shout at focusonmetal.net. Or you can hit me up at focusonmetal.net. Scott at focusonmetal.net. Or Richie, that is Richie at focusonmetal.net. That is it. There's no more this week. We are out of here. So for Richie, myself, and everyone here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. It's over. Go home.